money I've been browsing. Treading water that they drowning. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Welcome to episode 17 of the Smash Accept podcast. As you guys notice, we got some sleek new intro music. You got to thank uh, uh, Matty Big Chest on Twitter. S- set us up with some new sleek background, some some nice intro music. So big shout out to him. If you guys don't follow him, it's at Matty Big Chest. Hit him up. You know, he does great work on, on everything as far as, you know, AVI banners. Thanks for Twitter. Thanks for your podcast. He does phenomenal work. And tonight, you know, we're going to talk about Joe Burrow. You know, this, the episode is going to be don't burrow your head in the sand. You know, there's so many different options at quarterback. But before we do that, it is Thanksgiving, guys. And uh, I want to go around the room here, introduce my you know fabulous cast here and talk about what you guys are thankful for right now. So, John, why don't you go first? Um, tell everybody where they can find you and something you're thankful for this season. Hey, everyone, and happy Thanksgiving. You can find me at dynasty underscore trades and yeah, you got to start off with what we're thankful for. I mean, 2020, I think kind of reminds you what matters the most, you know, and, and so I'm thankful, of course, family, friends, football, and, you know, dynasty has been a nice distraction this year, I think. And I'm thankful we even had football. I mean, there was a time where it, it was looking a little dicey and it's been just a kind of a nice distraction this year from all the craziness and, and I'm definitely thankful for the Smash Accept crew and this pod and, and, and absolutely all the listeners out there. We're, we're, the whole point of this thing is to help you guys. So thankful for the listeners. And, of course, Mike, I'm always thankful for a little bit of cowbell because that means more Smash Accept trades that we got going down. That's right. You always got to be thankful for cowbell. Great ones. Mung, welcome to the show again. What are some things you're thankful for this season? And, uh, you know, what are, where can people find you? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, It's always great to be back talking some shop with these guys. Uh, Of course, you know, I'll go with what John said. uh, Always thankful for friends and family, especially in a really crazy year. You know, we might have been talking different uh, in different formats with Zoom and Skype and, you know, all these online formats. But it's still good to see people's faces and hear their voices. And, you know, hopefully everybody's doing okay out there uh, with COVID and job situations and all that. Uh, always thankful too that I kept Kyler Murray in one of my dynasty leagues. I was thinking about trading him away prior to the season, and I'm glad I kept him. Uh, he's on, you know, he's on an absolute tear right now. He's keeping me in contention. Uh, I'll be the number one seed in that league, and yeah, yeah, that's great. You know, and I, I'm you guys hit it. You know, I'm I'm very thankful for family. I've got a great girlfriend this year. You know, if we go from last year to this year, things have changed so much. I mean, this podcast, I could not thank you guys more. The Smash Except crew, absolutely love working with you guys. I mean, it is 2020 has been a, a rough year for a lot of people, but I feel like this year has a lot of, you know, as it, sometimes we can look at the silver lining of things and got a new job. A lot of things are really thankful for. And one thing I, I was thankful for into this week was all my Joe Burrow shares. You know, I he was my most owned quarterback. I had him rolling absolutely everywhere. And you guys know me, you know, I'm either I'm either first or last, you know, Ricky Bobby. But I I had a lot of contenders. I had a lot of rebuilders. And I'm excited to talk about this Joe Burrow news because we've done this with a lot of other podcasts. You know, we've talked about Michael Thomas and George Kittle. We've talked about Dak Prescott and all those that kind of they seem clear cut. Right. 
But this one's a little bit more difficult. I mean, we're talking about a young kid, the 101 pick, obviously highly touted as a fantastic rookie season so far. But there's there's been some bumps in the road. Um, he started out right now. He's at QB 18. And spicy food's getting to me again. Hold on. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he's QB 18 on the year. You know, 2,688 yards, 13 touchdowns, five interceptions, 142 rushing, and three touchdowns. So if you extrapolate that out and you look at it out over the course of the year, we're looking at almost 4,000 yards, 18 touchdowns, 205 rushing, and that puts him at about 327 fantasy points. So while it's been a good rookie year, you extrapolate that out, and that puts him on the same path as you know Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr from a year ago. So the, the numbers aren't flashy or gaudy, but what he's been able to do with that offense, I've been very impressed with the way he's played. Mung, you want to hit us up with some knowledge here on Burrow and and you know, what you're thinking of the season before we get into the injury. Yeah, really the most impressive part is that he's managed to be on this pace prior to injury, despite the Bengals offensive line being one of the worst in the league. Um, you know, we saw Andy Dalton in years past really struggle to produce behind that line. And Burroughs certainly had his share of bad games, you know, against, especially when he's under pressure um, from good pass rushes. But you know, if this is what he's doing as a rookie, then clearly he's a, he's got high potential going forward. Absolutely. It's exciting stuff. And I'm glad you talked about the offensive line because there's a lot of things to look at. I mean, last year between Andy Dalton and the backups, they were getting sacked about 7% of the time. You know, the biggest jump out of any team, the entire NFL, Joe Burrow was getting sacked 9% of the time. I mean, one out of every 10 plays almost, you know, he's getting sacked. That's ridiculous. That's incredibly – it shows what he's able to do as a quarterback to to persevere through that. I mean, we've seen what that's done to some quarterbacks in the in the past. You know, David Carr and Daniel Jones and a lot of guys, they just haven't been able to take all the sacks and all the pressures. And if there is a case for his awareness and athleticism, I think people don't really pay attention to that athleticism. I mean, they see he has a 205 rushing yards, you know, and they see what he's been able to do, but they don't look at avoiding the sacks. And the biggest thing – to take away from week 11 for me was Joe Burrow dropped back 35 times and was not sacked once. Ryan Finley, 15 plays. He got sacked four times. He doesn't have that athleticism. He doesn't have that. And Joe Burrow has done great things with that offensive line. And despite those kind of struggles, um, John, I mean, the injury here obviously is horrific. I mean, we're talking about there's, there's hope obviously that he can bounce back to hundred percent next year, but we're talking ACL was originally the diagnosis, right? And then we find out that the MCL tear, PCL tear, meniscus damage, the capsule around the joint actually has damage. I mean, literally, this is one of the worst knee injuries we've seen in, in years. And now the Bengals, you know, they have an opportunity to focus on trying to find a way to pe- protect him more, you know, ensure that future. They do have an early pick. It's going to be quite early here. Talk to me a little bit about what you think Joe Burrow's future is here. I mean, what kind of scenario are you seeing with the Bengals, you know, and how that plays out with Joe Burrow? Yeah, this is a really tough deal. A lot of us, I know Mike, you included, Burrow's like your QB2. You're maybe doing a one-year punt. You're planning to compete next year. And this is going to really push back any kind of rebuild and certainly competing in 21 because what we're hearing is that he's going to actually miss a big chunk of 21. And that's the news that I think that I almost feel like people are underreacting to. It was, it was initially it was like, okay, well, he's gone for this year. Let's play for next year. Well, the problem that I see here, Mike, is that 
he's he's not going to gain any value during the off season, and we're gonna we're gonna start the season potentially. It sounds like it's a done deal. Like without Burrow, he could let's say that he misses the first half of the year, he's going to continue to lose value over the next yeah. year. So that's a big problem. And uh, yeah, I mean he's what well, he all these other guys like uh, you know Herbert for example is just going to be gaining steam, gaining hype over the over the off season, and so he misses out. Oh, and oh, by the way, he misses out on another set of OTAs. He's not going to have practice with the team. So it's a, it's a major problem. And I think that we actually need to be careful, again, that we don't overreact. This is dynasty. But I almost feel like we're underreacting a little bit to this injury. Totally agree. You know, when I first started writing the show notes for this sh- this this episode, I'm thinking Joe Burrow's a buy, right? Absolutely. I mean, he he's fantastic quarterback looking great his rookie year phenomenal in college the weapons are there Joe Mixon's there under contract I mean everything looks good right Zach Taylor you know there's there's so many things that look good and now you know you see the reports originally they were talking maybe week five now they're talking week eight to eleven I've read some reports where it might be a situation where this is a full year recovery this isn't just the ACL tear which is nine months we're talking it's everything in the knee you know it's pretty much everything there so this could be he comes back, you know, let's say week eight optimistically next year and see where the Bengals are at. But in a, you know, I'm, I don't like to, I like to see the glass half full, even this empty one I got right here. But I think there's a situation where Joe Burrow only has a handful of starts, if any, next season, based on what the Bengals are looking like. And that's a scary situation for any dynasty owner. You know, ultimately, when we talk about that one year, you know, when I talk about a full on rebuild, it is a two year process. So if you're starting to rebuild, Right now, Joe Burrow's the guy, right? Because he'll bounce back by the time you're there. But to John's point, is now the time to buy him? You know, I think the time to buy him is after people start, he's more out of sight, out of mind. And and we put into a situation where, you know, we don't know what his future is going to be. I mean, we all agree that he has high, high upside. I mean, he's going to be a fantastic quarterback in this league. We all had him as a top 10 dynasty quarterback, but out of sight, out of mind, right? There's going to be some guys that are going to jump up there and and we're going to kind of see some things. So let's jump into the trades. I mean, that's what people want to hear about. You know, we are Smash Accept crew. You know, we are the Smash Accept podcast. We love talking about trades. That's why we started this. You know, we want you guys to send in there, put in your hashtag Smash Accept, send messages to myself, John, Mung. I mean, there's so many people in our crew and we want to break down some of these deals. And the thing that I noticed, you know, is, Normally there's 10, 15. I got to start sorting through these trades and weeding them down for you guys, the listeners. But this week I only found a few. I mean, are you guys seeing things on Twitter? Are you guys seeing anything in any of your leagues with Joe Burrow trades aside from the ones that we were going to talk about tonight? Yeah, I, I won't. I, I think it, it feels like he's a hold right now based on everything I'm seeing, kind of how, how people react. And again, to my point, maybe, maybe, uh, uh, underreacting a little bit because there really isn't a whole lot of action right now. And maybe it's the news is still coming in. We're trying to come to grips with this, but yeah, not a lot of activity, which tells me that most owners are holding right now, but I think we're going to kind of talk through a few trades to let you gauge, like, what is this guy worth right now? What should I do with Burrow? Yeah. We're not looking at, at Kittle or Dak where we know what we're getting, you know, right. We're talking about Burrow in a promising rookie season, um, which makes things completely different. And the first trade here, and I absolutely love it. This guy's a, a big fan of the show, sends stuff in every week. We love and appreciate that. It's at Dungeon Dynasty. You know, we've all answered questions for him. He's he's a fantastic dynasty owner. If you guys don't follow him, you know, he's he's super active. He knows his stuff. But he pulled off 
he said he pulled the trigger on a mega deal in his super flex league. You know, he lost Burrow this week. He lost Breeze last week, back-to-back weeks in a win now team. And, and that hurts. Um, so he has, he said he's got Kyler Murray, which that doesn't hurt. You know, we all know we love Kyler Murray and he pulls off this mega deal. So he sends Joe Burrow, Deandre Swift and JK Dobbins. You know, those are, those are the apple of a lot of guys eyes out of this class. Right. And he gets Patrick Mahomes and a 22 first. So John, why don't you start us out here? Because you got the shirt on and I think we all know what this trade makes us all want to do. Yeah. You may, may want to go ahead and ring that cowbell. I love this trade. I mean, this this yeah. is phenomenal. The fact that he got a first thrown in the deal blows my mind. And this is what this is what we call smash accept. I mean, this is something that is a no brainer. But why don't you talk about both sides of this a little bit? I mean, he did give yeah. up some pieces, but if you can get Mahomes yeah. patch with with Kyler Murray, you do it all day. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm with you. I just keep coming back to the point you made. It's so painful. Like you're you're just dealt. Burrow, who is the 101 this year, like consensus and Superflex. And you're actually dealing with a couple other nice pieces. So the whole thing is, is painful, but he, you know, he turned it into the overall top player in, in all of Dynasty, hands down, like we talked about last week. So it, it's huge to be able to pull this off right now. I, I mean, again, I mean, for the listeners, I'm a little concerned on selling Burrow in most scenarios right now because of, you know, this panic that's out there on the guy, but he got it first thrown in. So, you know, nice job of moving quickly on this thing. But, but again, be careful that, but you know, it's just kind of, it's kind of painful, painful on both sides, but you know, you do it. It's, it's a beautiful move. I was so excited. I rang the, the cowbell twice there. <laughs> um, you know, I feel like, and that's, I had this later in the show sheet, but I think it's a great segue here is for me, you know, without certainty, the only moves I'm really comfortable right now is is moving up, right? Typically, I talk yeah. about it all the, all the time on the show, right? I talk about insulating my trades and trading back. But right now, if I have Joe Burrow, I'm comfortable moving up, you know, for Kyler, Mahomes. I mean, Dak, if I'm rebuilding, I'm almost thinking that's the kind of move where I would be interested in making because we know Dak's going to be back week one. I mean, we're talking Watson, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen. There's a select few who I'm really comfortable moving Joe Burrow in without the ramifications of losing that that deal in the long term. What do you think, Monk? Yeah, this is uh, a clear smash except to me. Um, no question about it. As you said, I think Mahomes alone is probably worth the package of these three players in super flex formats because Dynasty is all about minimizing risk, right? And right now there's a lot of risk on that one side. There's a lot of upside to be sure, but you know, we don't know what DeAndre Swift's going to look like in the offense next year. We don't know yet. Um, you know, Patricia's remaining there, what kind of committee they might be running, even though he's starting to get more work as for JK Dobbins right now, the entire Ravens offense is looking pretty flat footed and hopefully they can turn around, you know, in the second half of the season here and possibly in 2021. But again, we don't know yet what that offense is going to look like next year. And to your point, uh, as you mentioned, Burrow could miss, you know, up to two full calendar years. It doesn't sound like it's quite as, uh, you know, quite as damaging as what Teddy Bridgewater suffered a few years back uh, with a dislocated kneecap. And he missed uh, more than two full calendar years before we really saw him in action. And again, we don't think that Burrow's injury is quite that serious as of right now, but we just don't know, right? Because there is that uh, the other structural damage that's been reported. So you know, I think this is a great trade to go out and get Mahomes. Yeah, I totally agree. And 
When you guys, I don't know if you listened, but did you notice a quarterback I left off this list? Because we're talking about the Ravens. I left Lamar Jackson off that list because we're talking a situation. You got to pay up for Lamar, and we got a little bit of a dicey situation, you know, going on there in Baltimore. It has not been exciting. I do think he bounces back, but uh, you know, it, it, this trade is phenomenal. I love this trade because you're getting Mahomes. You know, we all have that. There's that risk that Burrow is a top five, you know, quarterback in dynasty, and that Swift and Burrow are both top eight running backs and that very well could happen but this guy's going to go out he's going to win himself a championship and he's going to have the best quarterback in all the land for the next five to eight years plus you know so that's the kind of move I'm never worried about getting Patrick Mahomes in a deal when you do that the next deal sent in from Chris Urich at Chris E-U-R-I-C-H one two three he has a 12 team super flex PPR contender side one Joe Burrow Side two, Matt Ryan, the 201 and the 204. Now, we know, you know, in super flex leagues, the 201 and 204 can be pretty high value. You know, this is going to be a pretty decent class again. Um, Twitter spoke out on this one and they were adamant. It's Joe Burrow, 76% Joe Burrow, 24% Matt Ryan. John, are you comfortable? You know, you're in a contending situation right now. Are you comfortable giving up Joe Burrow for that kind of package? No, I, I would not do that. And again, this is kind of the caution that I'm throwing out there. And I and I get it because you felt like you were competing. You lose Burrow. You want to make a move so you can go after a trophy. But you can't do that. I, I think that, that Matt Ryan is, is a depreciating asset here. Frankly, Atlanta's fallen off a little bit. Yeah, you pick up a couple of assets in the second, but those don't help you right now. So if you are going for it, then you're not really going for picks, are you? Right? So that, that would be my advice is – you want to get more than that package, first of all. And I I would basically turn those picks into other assets that are going to help you now. Uh, yeah. But but in general, I don't like it. I, I would hold on that one. See, I think the tricky thing with Matt Ryan is people kind of look at him win now. You know, he had two great week one, week two. But then you look at week three, 15 points. Week four, 15. And this is in six-point passing touchdowns. Week week five, nine points. Then he comes out with a big 43. But then this week, he drops seven you know, seven yeah. points. And you're talking about you're giving up Joe Burrow and you're moving to a guy who, you know, let's be honest, 50% of his games right now are under 15 points. That's not a win now quarterback. That's not somebody who's going to win you a championship. There are some of those quarterbacks out there right now. And, you know, Mung's talked about a couple of them on the show. And, you know, I mean, I've been a, a big proponent of, of what Big Ben's done this year. Mung, I mean, is this if this is Tom Brady, are you willing to do this situation? Or is Matt Ryan 201, 204 enough for you? Or do you still firmly on that Joe Burrow side? And then extrapolate that a little bit. What are you trying to get? You know, I mean, if we say 201 and 204, what kind of quarterback situation should he be looking for? Yeah, I, I don't love this deal either. Um, I just don't think it's enough value. And as you said, if I'm targeting a quarterback to help me win now, it's not Matt Ryan because there are two issues I see with Ryan going forward. And one, uh, the biggest is that we don't know what Julio Jones's hamstring is feeling like right now. He's missed time earlier in the season. Uh, you know, he missed most of the Saints game. And Matt Ryan really struggles when Julio's not on the field. Uh, and then a secondary factor, too, is you look at the Falcons' schedule, and they play Tampa Bay and Kansas City in Weeks 15 and 16, the Fantasy Semis and the Fantasy Championships. And, you know, we just saw Tampa Bay get ripped by, rip, excuse me, ripped up by Jared Goffs. But I still think they're pretty solid defense. Um, I'm sure they're going to come up with some stuff coming out of their Week 13 bye. 
Uh, Kansas City, that might be a shootout, but their secondaries played fairly well this year. I just don't love Matt Ryan for a win-now team, and I, I think you can do better. Now, if we're talking Tom Brady, then I love it, right? He gets the Giants. Um, he's got a great fantasy playoff schedule, and you know we're getting down to the wire here where those Week 14 through 16 schedules matter a lot right now. Absolutely. And and right now, you got to look at that. If you're willing to sell out on this, you got to win the championship. And Matt Ryan's not going to do that for you. The only quarterback, you know, it, I, I feel comfortable with, with Tom Brady. I'd like a little bit more on the side. The only quarterback I have ranked below Joe Burrow that I'm willing to do this for that's a veteran is Aaron Rodgers. You know, if I can get Aaron Rodgers in a little bit on top, I think Aaron Rodgers is playing to a, a point where he's going to win your championships and he's still going to play two or three years. But those other guys we mentioned, Brady and and you know, big Ben and even Phillip rivers, you know, they're, they're going to be a rental, you know? So this isn't Joe Burrow's not a guy I give up for a rental. Joe Burrow's um, a guy I move up or I get Aaron Rodgers. aside from that. I mean, it's gotta be overwhelming to be able to move Joe Burrow, John. Yeah. Real quick too. The- uh, sorry yeah. to interject here. Um, just a quick side note too. Ben Roethlisberger is someone I would be hesitant about buying right now for win now teams, just because, if they lock up that top seed or if they lock up that playoff berth, they could bench their starters. That's something to consider here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and he he has he I mean, this week's Baltimore, then he gets Washington, Buffalo, he gets a week 15 a f- fantastic match matchup against the Bengals. Um, but that that's something always to look into. You know, I think Pittsburgh's the type of town where I think they're gonna they're gonna if they have a chance to chance to go for 16 and 0, they're gonna go for it. You know what I mean? I feel like to be a part of history there, but that is a great point to bring up. Uh, John, what are some veterans that you're willing to make those moves for? I mean, you know, if you're not getting an early first in, in a borough deal, what are some guys that people should be targeting right now? You know, that's what our listeners are, are asking right now. What are those win now quarterbacks and you know, how much should I pay on top or how much should I need on top to give up borough? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think that you really have to make sure, number one, that you're getting a solid quarterback. And, Mike, you kind of rattled off those top guys. If you can get one of those top seven, eight guys, it's kind of in the mix where I have Burrow now, like nine or ten. I think we're going to come back around to this, but you, could you somehow get Herbert out of it? Um, maybe that's something you work out. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is still playing lights out. If you can get another couple of assets to go with Rodgers, I think that – that could that could be a nice little move. He was he's another guy I would add to the list on top of the ones you mentioned, Mike, and then Monk just mentioned Brady and that playoff schedule. And you know we know how badly Brady wants to to go for it down the stretch here. So you know those are a couple. And you know I think we're going to come back around to it, but it's kind of interesting. Maybe even Taysom Hill. Um, and, and maybe we're going to talk about the Saints here in a minute. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, those you're, are some of the other guys I'm thinking about. I love it. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, real quick, um, Jared Goff's a name to consider, too, Goff, real yeah. quick. Uh, they play the Patriots, the Jets, and the Seahawks in weeks 14 through mm. 16, and those secondaries have all struggled this year. And he's actually having a pretty surprising season. I mean, he's the QB 13 right now, and there's there's a stipulation around his name, right? Like, people just don't want yeah. Jared Goff, but he's borderline QB 1 again this year, and he's a lot younger version of those, so that's a great point. Um, I'm going to talk about, you know, in the DTC championship staff league, uh, we had Riley Bymaster on the show a couple weeks ago and he made a deal in there. He lost Burrow. He lost Breeze. He has zero quarterbacks in a 14 team super flex and he's a contender, you know? So I reached out to him. I was trying to give him Danny dimes and some, some pieces, you know what I mean? To try to give up Burrow, but ultimately he settled on a package here. 
of Aaron Rodgers, Andy Dalton, and a 22 third. So this is a situation where I, I, he, I messaged him immediately. I said, you don't win that championship. That's going to sting. But it's very similar to what we just talked about. Uh, we'll go with you, Mung, first on that. Is Rodgers, Dalton, and a 22 third enough for you to move off a of burrow if you're all in in a 14 teamer? Which you got to realize if you guys don't play 14 team Superflex, it is a different beast. You know, if you play 10 team, that's weak sauce. You know, that's just basically playing one quarterback with a little bit. If you play 12, makes it a little bit more scarce. You play 14, it's tough to get two starting quarterbacks sometimes. Yeah, and I understand that the depth of the league makes Dalton a slightly more valuable asset. But, you know, I just don't know how much you want to rely on him in weeks 14 through 16 when you're one and done. I know he had a pretty decent game against Minnesota. We'll see how he does down the stretch here. Um, but hopefully, you know, he's your QB three, right? You're not your QB two that you have to rely on. Um, I do like Rodgers. I, I just wish he would have gotten, you know, a piece or two better than Dalton a third on top. Yeah, and there aren't many quarterbacks in that league. I mean, there's a couple teams that have three or four, you know what I mean? Uh, and then there's, you know, there's there's guys like, like Hurley, you know, and he has Tua, Herbert, Dak, you know, he's got a whole pile of quarterbacks. So, you know, when you start hoarding quarterbacks in a 14-teamer, it makes teams start to get pretty desperate. And that's pretty much what Riley did there. And, and that's something that I'm cautioning you guys as listeners. If you don't feel like you're going all in and you're not going to win a championship, that's going to sting because Andy Dalton doesn't have a job next year. You know, I know those are the, the tricky ones. I actually made a, a Joe Burrow trade in the Ultimate uh, Podcast League. We talk about that league a lot. Um, I didn't tell you guys yet, but just so we know, that that team name is now in Smash Accept. So Smash Accept is now part of that league um, with with you know under the helmet Dynasty Happy Hour, Dynasty Builders, Dynasty Trade Calculator, Fantasy Forty, Dynasty Brothers, Sideline Squib, you know Top Dog Dynasty, Goat District, Dynasty Draft Room. I mean those are those are the top dogs when it comes to the Dynasty community, and uh, you know so I'm excited to be rebranding that and changing over because I mean. We're in first place right now on that one. It would be great for, for the podcast yeah, to, like to take home take home the W, and that's why I've been asking you guys about this Joe Burrow deal that I did with Tyler Gunther. I think I've been talking about it for like three weeks. I don't think either of us could sleep. I mean, we are gingers, so we can't go out in the sun, so we kind of do most of our business at nighttime. Um, but, you know, we talked about I dealt Joe Burrow and Kareem Hunt, and I got Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison in a four-point passing touchdown points per carry john what do you think yeah i I think it's it's a nice move and you definitely are representing well the smash except crew in that league i've been talking about dalvin and packaging him with madison gives you the insurance as well if you are a little worried about his his health and his ability to to hang in there and so i mean you're getting in my opinion that like i've been saying the the running back two in dynasty right now he's going to give you a chance to to win it all this year and man what what a great feeling that would be if you managed to weather the storm on losing burrow and still win it all with a guy like dalvin cook so you know kareem hunt has has shown some flashes but i, I think we all kind of consider him more of a, an rb2 type guy and so I, I really like the move props yeah the joe burrow deal that I made in that league with Tim Torch from under the helmet was a kicker. You know, I got through the draft and I'm like, I went out and I had Gardner Minshew and Drew Locke were my only quarterbacks coming out of the Superflex draft. You know, now I made a deal with Stompy to get to get Josh Allen. So, you know, I, I dealt away uh, Drew Locke because he's a you know Denver guy. But I was like, I don't have any quarterbacks, but I accumulated three first round picks. And I'm like, what's it going to take to get that one on one? 
and I had to pay all three 2021 firsts. They are the 110, 111, and 112, though. So I was like, I was, I had my fingers crossed, right? If one of these becomes early, I'm going to get burnt hard. So, I mean, it, it translates out well because I do feel like, you know, Dalvin Cook is definitely worth three firsts. And that's basically what I ended up doing, you know, is, is making a situation and then adding Dalvin Cook to Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, you know, a whole James Robinson, a whole slew of stud running backs. That's how you win in, in points per carry. So, Enough about my trades. You know, I just wanted to bring that one out there because to me, I thought that was a smash, except that's the kind of move where I'm like, if I can get a stud, you know, we all talk about super flex and we want to get a quarterback thrown back in, but sometimes pivoting off a quarterback and getting yourself a stud running back when someone else needs a quarterback is a way to win in super flex. You know what I mean? You can, you can replace that quarterback, but you're not going to be able to replace the points that Dalvin cook is going to put up. I mean, in that particular league, Dalvin cook has outscored Joe Burrow by 150 points, you know, and that's, something that sometimes people don't look at. They just look at positional scarcity and they don't necessarily look at the actual points of out. On the flip side there, I talked to Tyler during this deal and we've been talking a lot on it and he made another deal, exact same, you know, league format, 14 team, four point passing, 0.25. And he, this time gave Joe Burrow, he gave Joe Burrow, Devin Singletary and OJ Howard. Nobody cares about OJ Howard. So let's just run that one off there. And he, as a contender, you know, he's the one seed. He, re- he got Big Ben, Zeke, Antonio Brown in a fourth Mung, Is this a deal that you'd be willing to make as a contender? You know, are these the packages that you're trying to get ultimately, you know, we're talking about it. If he wins it, it doesn't matter, but are those guys that you think that can catapult him past that? And is that a deal you'd be willing to make? Yeah, definitely. I like that deal a lot. Um, we saw that even with Dallas's offense struggling after they lost Dak Prescott, you know, they really got it together a little bit with Andy Dalton getting back under center. Um, so that certainly helps Zeke's value going forward a little bit. Uh, from a value perspective, I don't know that Devin Singletary or O.J. Howard hold a ton of value right now. And as as I said earlier, there is some risk that, you know, if the if the Steelers drop a game by the time we reach the fantasy playoffs, they could bench some starters. But for now, you know, Roethlisberger is a great win now piece. Yeah, and I think, I think Zeke's going to get a bounce back here. I mean, you know, everybody's down on Zeke. But I feel like when Dak comes back or if Dak comes back next year, that helps. And the other piece there, John, is Antonio Brown. And he's actually looked pretty good. I mean, I stashed him. Everyone was dropping him in the dynasty leagues. I stashed him in over 50% of my leagues, even to a point where I bought him in an auction. And one of the one of the guys who's a listener of the show laughed at me. I paid two bucks. I mean, Antonio Brown's providing a wide receiver four type, yeah. you know, that, that could add into that package. Is this enough for you to move off a of Burrow? Yeah, it is, it, but it is a classic win now type yep. of move, and you you will end up regretting it if if you don't end up placing at least in this league and and trying to win it all. Because yeah, I mean, again, you lost uh, the one on one from this year that you could build around Antonio Brown. I do like, and he he had his best game, and we've, we've talked about Tampa, and he, he's really started to earn that trust of Brady. He also holds a lot of risk, I and mean, he's still got open court battles going on, and uh, I mean, this guy's. Off, off the field type stuff that still carries about as much risk as anyone in the league right now. And so there's there's maybe a scenario where he's gone next year. So again, these these are de- potentially depreciating assets, so you got to go win it all. That, all that said, I did think it was enough value to make the move. I agree. So the next one, this this is what I really want to talk about right now, is this is sent in from at the Memphis 27. He goes, would you trade Burrow straight up for Herbert? My response to that was, Yes, absolutely. I mean, yes. if you can get 
a guy who was outperforming Burrow, and because of somebody has that cachet that that you know Joe Burrow was the one hundred and one, and Joe Burrow's that fancy name. Justin Herbert's value, in my opinion, is right there with Joe Burrow. I'm clearly paying one for one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna you know kick it over to you guys here. If you have Joe Burrow, would you sell? Would you? Or if you have Justin Herbert, so I'm the I, I'm trying to push Burrow to you, Mung. If I offered you Joe Burrow and a random 21 second for Justin Herbert, would you take it? Honestly, no. I think it would have to be an early second at the very least at this point. Um, you know, when both were healthy, they were probably worth fairly similar amounts in Dynasty. But as I said, uh, you know, Dynasty in particular is all about minimizing risk. Uh, there's a lot of risk now with Burrow. And uh, I would absolutely want a little bit more than that uh, to sell Justin Herbert, given how he's played. You know, that's why I'm, I'm thankful for you guys, because that's exactly what I'm thinking is like, if it's not a late first or real early second, I'm not willing to do that. You know, if we redo the draft, obviously, you know, the, the 101 would be Justin Herbert. Um, speaking of 101s, you know, John, what is your 101 of Thanksgiving side dishes? Man, for me... This is, a, this is a tough one, but I have put a little thought in this. A lot of research went into this. Uh, but for me, it is, it is got to be the, the stuffing. Yeah. Because uh, this is this is like the only time you eat it all year is with your turkey, right? That one gets a cowbell, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the way I approach this, is, and it's key, you always have your turkey and your stuffing at once when you take a bite. Each bite, you got to pair those up. got to put it match together. Match made in heaven. That's that's a pairing like uh, you know of Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert. We're going to talk about in a little bit. Yeah, my mom just dropped off the stuffing for you know for us to make. Obviously, get things going for Thanksgiving. She makes the best stuffing ever. Um, you know, so that's my one hundred and one as well. You know, I'm I've never had sweet potato casserole. My girlfriend's making that for the first time, so maybe that kind of bumps it out of there. But then I get into that weird situation there. of mom versus you know girlfriend. Then we're going to get into a weird situation for that one-on-one. You know, that's trying to settle a dispute dispute between you two guys. Mung, what's your one-on-one of side dishes for tomorrow? Yeah, for me, I like to keep it simple. Uh, I just love mashed potatoes and gravy. Um, but I will say that I don't have a strong preference. I'm not a picky eater by any means. I'll eat pretty much anything. So I would look to trade back, you know, trade the mashed potatoes for some cornbread, sweet potato, casserole, whatever it trade is. It, trade that back. What is the one avoid then? You know, if you're trading back, what's that one where somebody makes you that offer and you just want nothing to do with it? Uh, like I said, I'll, I'll eat pretty much anything. Like, I, there's nothing I won't eat on Thanksgiving. John, uh, we're I, coming at Monk said he's going to trade back. You know, he's, he's not a picky guy. He's yeah. going to trade back from the mashed potatoes. That's his 101. What's yeah, something that one... you're not willing to trade back for when it comes there? For me, it's green bean get... casserole. Not a okay. fan. It's in everybody's yeah. top five. I got I to gotta just take a knee on that one. For me, it's the cranberry sauce. Like, get that out of there. I don't. I don't even want to see it on the table. And for me, that's a that's a dump. That's a different kind of smash. Get rid of it. I don't want it on the roster. Table. So, yeah, John, no. we we were talking about this before. Is that something you're willing to do? Now you're the Herbert mm -hmm. owner, and I come to you, and I'm like, I'm going to mm -hmm. win the league, right? And I offer you yeah. Joe Burrow and what's going to be the 112. Are you willing to move off of that, knowing that Joe Burrow is going to miss at least half the season next year? No, first of all, I, I I certainly have Herbert. I've moved him ahead of Burrow straight up, and it took a while to come to grips with that because of all the hype and all the stuff leading up to it, and we all had Burrow almost consensus. But I've done it, and it's not an overreaction. 
I think that Herbert's been lights out. He's outscoring him anyways. I think he's the number eight QB on the season. He was number two, number two QB overall in week 11. The haircut didn't seem to phase him, right, Mike? I mean, nothing phases this kid. And his, his, his value, like I said earlier, is going to continue to get hyped all season and into the first half of 21 versus Burrow. So um, I, I really wouldn't. I would, I would hold on to, to Herbert in this scenario. I, I, I had to sanity check it. Even DLF now has his trade value of Herbert slightly ahead of Burroughs. So I think it's, it's happening right before our eyes here. Yeah, those guys are quick at DLF and DTC. They've they've moved him above, and I offered in in one of my league of records. I offered Burrow in two seconds. You know, I'm like I I want Justin Herbert. You know, and now's the time to go out there and you know make those kind of moves. If you have a trade deadline, if you don't have a trade deadline, you know, Mung, we're not going to get into trade deadlines here today. But you know, we all have some polarizing takes on that. Let's move into what's going to happen now in Cincinnati. I mean, obviously Brandon Allen takes over, um, and. Ryan Finley's clearly not the answer, you know, where they, they were like, okay, we're going to throw Brandon Allen back in here. Uh, he averaged 21 points per game in the, you know, he had two full starts last year. So he was serviceable. You know, he was a QB 18 over that time. Um, and during that time, I wanted to look, what did he do? You know, who was he throwing to? What were some things that looked, looked good. And in week eight, you know, they played against Cleveland. He went for 12 for 20, 193 yards, two touchdowns. And out of those 12 targets, Five of them went to Sutton, five for 56 in a touch. Fant, three for 115 in a touch. And no one else caught more than one pass. No one else had more than one target. So to me, that's that's huge. That says he likes to lock on to his number one wide receiver and maybe a secondary piece and see what happens. Did not target the running back. Move into week nine. The next week he had uh, Sutton, five for 113. Fant, four for 60. Nobody else had more than one target. So you got to look at things there where at first I was really worried, you know, see where things go. Cause Ryan Finley is a pile of hot garbage. You know, like if he was starting, I was selling, selling Tyler Boyd, you know, Mixon might come back in week 14. I was trying to move him. Higgins is obviously a hold because you know, his dynasty value is, is going to continue to increase, but you know, hearing that it's Brandon Allen and it's not Ryan Finley and Brandon Allen likes to lock onto that number one target. Talk to me a little bit about the situation there right now. If you have Higgins, you're obviously holding him. But if you have Tyler Boyd, are you trying to move him right now? I mean, Tyler Boyd right now is a borderline wide receiver one. He still has that that value where once we see what happens this week, that's going to dictate the trade value a lot. You know, if we go out here and Tyler Boyd gets three for 42 yards, no touchdowns on six targets, that value of Tyler Boyd is going to be tarnished here a little bit. John? Yeah, it's painful for Boyd, really is. And you can't deny that his value is going to be down, regardless of which of these two are going to be throwing to him down the stretch. So if you can move him now and, and get good value, like that low wide receiver one, high wide receiver two, even mid kind of wide receiver two type territory, I would I would very much consider doing it. So, uh, you know, that that's just painful, though. To, Boyd, is, Boyd probably takes the biggest hit here. T. Higgins... Super painful for for those of you who had T. Higgins shares because he was really on the rise. He's a hold though. Definitely don't don't get too cute there. And then, like you said, um, the, the, all the running backs probably took a little bit of hit too. I actually just sold a couple shares of Geo uh, before the deadline, but for for a mid second and a and a early third. <laughs> I, I, and so yeah, all those guys kind of take a hit here and see what you can get for them. 
Yeah, I mean, Tyler Boyd, like I said, he was the wide receiver 11. You know, he has been phenomenal this year. He's he's 26 yeah, years really old. Is. He's right there with Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, Robert Woods, McLaurin. His numbers are right there in yeah. that group. And if you have him in a contender, I mean, it is a difficult situation because you want those guys Brutal. who are studs. And, you know, I'm looking at if I'm moving Boyd, I mean, Thielen and Woods are up there in age and they're in that same area where that might be a pivot to move off of there. And then we always talk about it in insulated trades. If you are looking to push somebody to a contender and you could still get a first and say a Paris Campbell or someone who's out of sight, out of mind a little bit, maybe a Brian Edwards who hasn't really done anything for those teams that are in contention. And sometimes those firsts, you know, end up being better than Tyler Boyd. You know, last year I dealt Tyler Boyd at the one eleven in a, in a particular situation and that 111 ended up being Justin Jefferson. So, I mean, sometimes we we move off a guy who's you know going to be 27 years old. I still love Tyler Bird, Boyd long-term, but you might be able to get some value more so than you will in, in, in the next couple of months. Uh, Mung, anything to add with Boyd, or let's transition to, to Higgins here a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm not super concerned with either one. Obviously, there's risk going forward just because we don't know how efficient this offense is going to be with Brandon Allen. But at the same time, you know, you look at their playoff schedule and they get Dallas and Houston in weeks 14 and 16, and both of those are terrific matchups. Uh, obviously, week 15 against Pittsburgh is concerning, but at the same time, there's potential for garbage time opportunities in that game. Uh, so again, I don't think they're must sells. If you can get good value and you're not contending, then certainly worth exploring. But at the same time, if you've been, you know, starting Boyd or Higgins as your wide receiver three, your flex, whatever it might be, I don't think you need to panic sell either of those guys. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. I mean, like I said, Allen's been able to support a couple of guys, but it's not going to be high volume. It's probably not going to be pretty. Um, and you talked about, we don't know what to expect from that offense. We don't know what to expect from an offense that was led by a tight end, right? That was the controversy everywhere. Taysom Hill's a tight end in ESPN, which is now gone. That was literally everyone's tweet. I appreciate you guys not flooding Twitter with that because it was everyone. Like, everyone was talking about it. And I kept seeing these tweets, like, at ESPN. It's not fair. Please take this away. You know, other people are like, that was the best game a tight end has ever played. And Taysom Hill, it wasn't pretty early. You know, we were looking at things and – he ended up with a, a pretty fantastic day. I mean, eight for 18 for 23, 233, and then that 10 carries for 50 yards and two touchdowns. Very Tim Tebow-esque. You know, we were talking about that. Uh, John and I were like, he's a lock for 20 points. If he steps on the field, it's very much like Tim Tebow. It's not going to be pretty passing. It's going to be some great running. It's going to be some quick outs. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm buying here a little bit. I think Taysom Hill might be a guy who, who's going to take some guys – into the promised land here in fantasy because let's look at Drew Brees. I mean, we thought it was five broken ribs. Guys, it's 11. He had eight on one side, three on the other with a punctured lung. I mean, yeah, exactly. I, I, that makes me cringe. 11 broken ribs. I mean, a, a guy his age, that's not going to recover quickly, you know, and, and there is no timetable right now. It's not like we were talking about early on with five broken ribs. We saw Tony Romo do it a long time ago, and that's showing my age. But we've seen guys go out there in jackets you know, and, and be able to play. But Taysom Hill checked a couple of boxes for me. One, obviously he's still able to run. Two, he kept Michael Thomas relevant. He put Michael Thomas back there. John and I have been saying it to everybody, go buy Michael Thomas. I did. I bought him on five contenders and I'm very happy to get him at a discount because it looked like he was healthy again. Nine, 12 targets, nine receptions, 104 yards, 
And no one got targeted more than one time other than Michael Thomas. I mean, he or Sanders, sorry, Sanders had the five targets, four receptions, but everyone else had one target. No one else had more than one in the entire offense. Michael Thomas looks like he's back, baby. What do you think, John? Yeah, you know, I, I might have to take like a mini victory lap about about both Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. We'll come back to that. You know, Michael Thomas has to get back into game shape. You got to give him a little bit of time here. And what what were we saying? That this guy doesn't matter who's going to him. He's going to get his. He gets open. He catches everything that comes his way. And he just showed it again. He's finally back. And so he's proved it again. And so for those of you that bought low, congratulations. Or you, you were patient and held him like, like I did in a couple of weeks. Props to you as well. So very exciting, very reassuring to see him kind of get back. And I think that's what we're going to see more of from Michael Thomas going forward. The clear yeah, target leader on that where It was like, you know, people were giving Michael Thomas in a first for DeAndre Hopkins. Michael Thomas in a first for, for DK Metcalf. And, you know, thinking that he was done. He looked fantastic. You know, he, week one that he came back from the injury, he only played 50% of snaps. And then week two, it was more like 70. Now he's back out there for the full slate. And he has a guy that's being smart about it. Taysom Hill knows that Michael Thomas is the only way that he's going to get paid. I mean, Taysom Hill is playing for a contract. He's hungry. He's excited. Uh, Monk, talk to me a little bit about Taysom Hill. Am I am I a little bit too excited, a little bit too eager to have him on my team? Um, you know, I got him in my redraft leagues because he was free. But is Taysom Hill someone that's that's worth buying if you lost Joe Burrow? And is it exciting for what he did week one with Michael Thomas? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I write a weekly dynasty buys and sells column over at Fantrax. If you guys want to check that out, uh, I talked about Taysom Hill this week. And I talked about Jameis Winston as a sell last week because I do believe that if Drew Brees retires, then the most likely option to be starting in New Orleans next year is Taysom Hill. Uh, they they owe him 12 million bucks next year. Um, that's guaranteed. The Saints have been kicking the can down the road for quite a few years now with their salary cap situation and with COVID impacting revenues. It's very likely that we could actually see a decrease in the salary cap going into 2021. Um, they've got a ton of guys they're going to need to cut to make it under. I, I think that what we saw from Hill was encouraging. Now. I'll preach a little bit of caution because it was the Falcons secondary, right? Yeah. And they're, you know, one of the worst in the league. So I think Denver is going to be a more accurate test this week. But as you guys said, you know, that rushing production really keeps Hill's floor and ceiling high. And I, I think, you know, really what I wrote in the article at the end of the day is you can still buy Taysom Hill in Superflex and maybe in some two quarterback formats right now for a second round rookie pick. And any starting quarterback with decent fantasy production is worth at least a first. So I think he's absolutely a buy. Cowbell on that article. Yeah. Cowbell on yeah, Paul on that. Right. I wasted my number one waiver with Jameis Winston. Then I read your article. Then I picked up Taysom Hill because nobody else grabbed him. And I was so happy about it. Um, yeah. I was just about to say that is if you're a contender and you lost Joe Burrow, give a second for Taysom Hill. I mean, that's what I did. I offered that to Dynasty Good. Brothers in that league, and and they're they're holding. But I was like, I'm I'll give you a second round pick and maybe a toss in because I feel like Taysom Hill could be a league winner. I mean, he has that upside of 20, 30 points every single week out because of that rushing floor, especially if you're in a four point league with you know six point rushing touchdowns. That just makes those guys even more valuable. And Taysom Hill looked 
looked the part, you know, and he looked fantastic. And I think he's going to win people some money this year. On the flip side, somebody who I'm trying to sell right now, and I know that, you know, screams in the face of everything I've been saying lately, is Alvin Kamara. What Taysom Hill did to Alvin Kamara, I mean, he basically, he neutered him. I mean, let's let's be honest. He had 13 carries for 45 yards, one target. The first game in his entire 54-game career without a reception. And no red zone work. He's not going to get the red zone carries because Taysom Hill is going to run it in. I mean, Latavius Murray almost looked a little bit more fit for the part of what Taysom Hill is doing in that offense. And it scares me. You know, I'm willing to, I, I, in every league I have Kamara and it's about five of them. I offered Kamara and a little piece for Dalvin cook. Cause I think Dalvin cook's going to win you championships. I think Alvin Kamara, we're going to have to wait again until next year and, and really see what's going on there. I know that might be an overreaction, John. What are you thinking here? I mean, is it is it yeah. overreaction to sell Alvin Kamara for Austin Eckler and some pieces? Is it an overreaction to give up Kamara and a little bit to get, you know, to, to go out there yeah. and get Dalvin Cook? What are, what are you thinking here? I mean, look, again, one week sample size, but you have to react to this. And this is exactly what I've been saying for the past two weeks in a row on this pod. So, again, a little victory lap here for me. That's what um, we're going to name I, this one. I, this is going to be uh, John's victory laps. No, <laughs> yeah, and that's, yeah, no it's, you've been doing a great job with that, you know, and Riley and I were all about Kamara. And if Drew Brees doesn't come da- go down, I think it's the same thing. But you had you had yeah. mentioned it, and you said oh, you know, yeah, if he I, goes down or if they that's change. Right. If Brees goes down like or that, next year, if Brees is gone or Sean Payton is gone, what happens if they change the system? And the system just changed dramatically. What we're used to seeing is – Breeze, he's throwing 35, 40 times a game. Kamara's getting, like, what, 10 to 15 targets a game every week. And clearly, that's just not the game plan with Hill. Hill threw it 23 times. So, I mean, in some weeks, that might be half of what Breeze would throw. Instead of dumping off to Kamara, what's happening? He's scrambling himself. He's taking the ball. He's calling his own number. And then, again, inside the five, it's it's a lot of times it's going to be Hill. Now, they're going to keep... The defense guessing Kamara is super talented. I'm not knocking the guy, but the system has changed. He's no longer the security blanket, and the whole offense doesn't revolve around here. The offense has shifted. The game plan has shifted. Taysom Hill. And so, you know, we saw the two rushing touchdowns for Taysom Hill. That's basically taking points right off the board for Kamara. And so this is exactly what I was concerned with. I'm not going to overreact too much here, Mike. But, again, I have Dalvin Cook firmly ahead of Kamara and I posted another poll. Remember last time we posted this, it was still a lot of love for Kamara, maybe close to even, but now it was, if I'm looking at this, 48% Cook, 32% Kamara, and 20% Saquon. So, you know, if you, if you, if you listen to the show, if you made any moves, props, but look, I know it's hard with Kamara, but this is, this is definitely a big deal and I don't blame you for trying to sell. Alvin Kamara's value doesn't lie between rushing between the 20s. You know, it's what he does in the red zone, and it's what he does with his pass-catching abilities. Mung, are you, are you worried at all about Kamara? I mean, I know we were, we've were we gone full circle. You were worried about the contract. He got the contract. He's playing. Am I overreacting? You know, you're the voice of reason sometimes. You know, I'm that, I'm that guy who gets excited about everything that just happened. But to John's point, I mean, this is something where – we're in the fantasy playoffs here, and you don't want to overreact or underreact, and that's why we want to give our listeners the best possible scenario of what's going on with Alvin Kamara. 
Yeah, much like T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, I don't think Kamara is a, a must sell oh, by no, any no. any means. But I'm saying, you know, is that something you're thinking about? Um, yeah, I agree. I think you at least have to think about it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I just wanted to preface with that. You know, you're not selling him for you know pennies on the right. dollar here, but uh, you know, we talked about in the preseason, and you know, one of the factors I had mentioned was the contract issue, but the other that I already talked about a few months back was that the dynasty community wasn't really taking into account Drew Brees' pending retirement. Because as you guys have said, the system has indeed changed now. Um, you know, we were used to seeing Drew Brees just checking it down at least five, six times to Kamara every game, whereas clearly Taysom Hill prefers to scramble and he's being productive doing it. Um, so I don't really see a reason for that to change. Now, they're still going to find ways to get Kamara involved on screens and he'll be heavily involved around the goal line as well. But I do think that this is, you know, risky for him. I had him ranked, I want to say 15th or 16th overall in my preseason Superflex rankings. Um, whereas most people had Kamara as a top five pick. And, you know, this is the reason why, because we're seeing that without Breeze, this offense can and so far has looked very different. I mean, when, when Jameis came in, it was a different game, right? I mean, Jameis yeah. was still giving the ball to, to Kamara. He was still he was still peppering him with targets. And the, the scary thing is, if Taysom Hill looks good and, and he takes him into the playoffs and we're talking about Breeze might not come back, you might have a situation where he's, you know, he is the quarterback next year. And we got to at least understand what that's going to look like. Um, in redraft, you know, I just made a move where I gave up Roethlisberger and Kamara and I got Eckler and Patrick Mahomes, you know, and it's a six point passing two quarterback league. Austin Eckler is the buy right now, John. And I've been wanting to roll this out here for weeks. Austin Eckler is coming back. Mm -hmm. You know, you see the videos on Twitter, the dude straight yoked. He says he feels like in mid season form. Um, let's throw out week one. Cause that was with Tyrod. You know, he had one catch for three yards. And again, a guy whose points come from. PPR. I mean, that's what he that's what he's all about. Week two, 16 for 93 with four receptions, 55 yards. And then week three, you know, monster game, 59 yards rushing, but 11 catches for 84 yards and a touchdown. Austin Eckler, like Taysom Hill, is a guy that I believe is going to win you some championships and you can sell. Two weeks ago, I sold him for I sold Jonathan Taylor for Austin Eckler. And now what is a lock to be the 102 in that league? Uh, and I feel like, I mean, there's a situation where, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that one, that one felt good, but Austin Eckler is still available. The window is going to close very soon. If it hasn't already, John, I know you're super excited. So I'm going to hold off on you a little bit. I'm going to let Mung hit it first and then I'm going to let you, you know, take it home. Yeah, I really don't have a whole lot to say. I mean, we, we've seen this Chargers offense be absolutely amazing with Justin Herbert under center. Um, we've seen Justin Jackson and Troy Main Pope and Kalen Balazs produce in this offense. I think that Eckler is a locked in, you know, top 10, maybe even top five RB1 for the next few weeks. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm all systems go. I know John is as well. Austin Eckler, he's your buy. He's my buy. Let's go bye, bye, bye with a little in sync here to take us away. <laughs> There's my there's my impression there. No, I mean Eckler's definitely a, a buy. I, I I did see a couple uh, trades. In fact, at Kane's one one zero, I love the move that he made. He traded Gaskin and a late first for Eckler and a late second. Oh, I love that. Me, that's 
smash. That's an absolute smash. You trade down one round and you upgrade from Gaston to Eckler. Eckler's been out of sight, out of mind. I, the only disclaimer I might say is we haven't yet seen him with Herbert. But, look, I mean, Mung is on the right point. We saw these other running backs producing. Eckler is a huge upgrade over those guys. And I can't wait to see him in his offense. I mean, the Chargers could be fierce here with what they got building. It's It's actually – Pretty exciting to watch. Yeah, I mean, I was reading. There's only two teams that have not, you know, I believe haven't lost a game by more than more than eight points, and one of them is the Chargers. I mean, they've been competitive, and I think Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert are guys that are, you know, super exciting and uh, guys that I definitely want to buy. But if you guys are listening to that, you know, for me it was it was Taysom Hill, Austin Eckler. What are some other guys here? You know, we want people to be thankful they listen to Smash. Except, you know, we want to. Aside from just the uh, the cool dad jokes here and there, you know, and and Mung keeping it real for us, what are the guys that they need to go out there and buy? Who's someone that's going to put them over the top and win them a championship? Whether it's based off their schedule or just you know change in situation here that is going to catapult them because ultimately this is the time of year where it's it's make or break, right? Who's that guy to go buy? Before uh, before I get into that, a quick story for you here. Mike, so I'm, I'm shopping for Thanksgiving, okay? And I see this lady, she's picking through the frozen turkeys, right? And she, she's, uh, you know, looks a little frustrated. And she, she goes, do these turkeys get any bigger? And I'm like, uh, no, ma'am, they're dead. Dad joke, hey I saw that one on <laughs> Facebook and I actually had that written down. That was going to be my end dad joke. We are always on the same page. It's oh, crazy. that's funny that you had that one too. Um, well, actually, so I was like, um, you, you actually know where you can find a turkey with no legs? No. Exactly where you left it. <laughs> I don't even know if I, I can't really <laughs> hail on that one. That You're one. welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll let the listeners, we'll put, we'll put who's, what was the best dad joke from uh, week 17 of our, our, our podcast. Um, Mung, who are you buying right now? You know, we, we dropped a couple guys on there. Who's that one guy? I know you do that over that fan track. Sometimes, you know, the guys to pick up some of them deeper dives, but who's someone that could make a real difference for our listeners? Yeah, there's a couple of cheap buys that I think you can probably get for, you know, a third round pick right now in a lot of leagues. And the first would be Josh Reynolds. Um, I've talked about him before, but the Rams have a beautiful fantasy playoff schedule, Patriots, Jets, Seahawks. And, you know, he took a back seat to Robert Woods and Cooper Cup against the Bucks on Monday night. But he's been very involved in that offense, playing a lot of snaps, getting a ton of targets, especially downfield. And I do think that Josh Reynolds could be a wide receiver three with potentially league-winning upside um, during the fantasy playoffs. And then also I talked about the possibility if the Steelers do drop a game here uh, in the next few weeks that, you know, they're not playing for that perfect season anymore. They've got that playoff, you know, spot locked up. Maybe we see a lot more Benny Snell down the stretch. Maybe they try to preserve James Conner for their playoff run. Um, and then real quick bonus, non-fantasy related, just a quick question for you guys. I want to hear your thoughts on this. If Taysom Hill looks good over the next few weeks, do we get a Colin Kaepernick, Alex Smith situation where if the Saints make it to the Super Bowl, it's Taysom Hill? I was just thinking that as I was saying it, right? Wow. I was saying he's going to get them into the playoffs here. And uh, I mean, that that is that is tricky. I mean, we're talking Drew Brees. You know, only one of us went to high school with Drew Brees. So I'm going to pass this one over to, to John and kind of let him answer it here. But 
I mean, I'm always with the if it isn't broke, let's not fix it. And and Drew Brees does not look like the same quarterback, you know, that he has been in years past. And if they go rattle off the final, you know, five games here, that's a tough situation. Yeah, I and he so yeah, I did know Brees back in the day. He was at the rival high school here oh, I in, uh, in, in, one, in Austin, Texas. Yeah, he went to Westlake in, in Austin. Um and he's a really great guy. True class act, love the guy. Um, and, and what gives me a little pause on that, Mung, is that he's kind of like been the face of the franchise for how long now? You know, Hall of Fame quarterback, he's exceeded all expectations from his entire career. And so I think if he has a shot to play, I feel like they might hand him the reins, but keep Taysom Hill heavily involved. But like you said, man, it's so painful to think about that guy with 11 broken ribs. There, There is still a scenario that we have seen the last of Brees, which for me would be, would hate to see him go out like that. Um, and so it, that's kind of my view is that he's so much to the franchise and to Sean Payton and everything that they built that they would still probably put him out there. And, and, and you know, Taysom Hill has a bigger chunk of, of touches in, in what would could be an interesting option. I love the question, really. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me a lot of, you know, not somebody with the face of the franchise, but Buffalo in the early 2000s. You know, Derek Anderson was was playing lights out, you know, and ended up getting them into the playoffs. Oh, no, it, it, well, here's the, what we'll do. From the listener league, you know, if you guys want to be in there, let drop the quarterbacks who they were in that situation in Buffalo. But, you know, he ended up winning the final seven games there, and then the starter got healthy. Week one of the, week one of the playoffs, they started their original starter, and, first round out you know you got to run with the hot hand and the way the offense is playing so that's a great question um and john we got to give a shout out to the guy who answered your first question uh do you remember do you remember the handle on that one we definitely put him in the listener league yeah um yeah i think this was john b Wambi, who uh who basically said he was thankful for um trading away lamar jackson for a king's ransom before the season started we were asking our listeners hey what, what trades are you most thankful for and so at jambi wambi threw that one out there so yeah i'll have to get him yeah going. there's a, a lot of guys that are really you know hungry to get in that league hundred hungry to once once the one. season's over we got a lot of football to play here um keep hitting us up with those five-star reviews you know next week we're going to be reading off a bunch of those um this this particular week we got five of them and i appreciate that helps us move up the charts you know on itunes and re- really helps us get better content some some cool uh backgrounds for you guys maybe upgrade to a real soundboard instead of my phone playing cowbell all that kind of stuff but uh you know it's been another great episode i appreciate having you guys uh, you know why don't we uh close out by you know saying one thing you're thankful for by the way my buy on top of that is raheem mostert Mostert comes back. Still think you can get him for a second round pick. And we we know that, you know, he's going to put up points. But, John, why don't you tell them where they can find you and then we'll close it out with Mung. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, hey, again, thanks for listening, everyone. John at Dynasty underscore trades. Very thankful for, for the listeners and for the Smash Accept pod. And, and again, I, you know, I'm buying – J.K. Dobbins has been saying that every week. I'm still buying Tua right now, especially after what happened last week. So those are a couple I would, I would recommend. And if you can, buy it. Buy Austin Eckler as well. Boom. Love it. Monk? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll just stick with Reynolds and uh, Snell as my two cheap buys here. I think, uh, you know, there are plenty of guys who can help you 
make that playoff push and get you over the top. But uh, those two guys you can get for a third. Love it. Guys can find me at dynasty underscore dad FF. Um, want you guys to go out there, make a trade in every league, you know, go get that done and enjoy the process. Peace.